0: Hello, I'm Ewan. And I'm Sean. And welcome to The Abyss. This week, we will be discussing the recent controversy with Jeremy Corbyn's position on student debt and the cost of university, why there is some confusion or finger-pointing about his position and where he stands.
1: And then we will move on to discuss some social policy, we're going to talk about the recently announced wage list from the BBC um, and various issues that have sprung up around
0: that. But first, we'll be discussing Jeremy Corbyn and student debt. So, student fees were brought in at
1: £1,000 by Tony Blair and then were later raised to £3,000. Many listeners will remember... A Liberal Democrat campaign uh, a few years ago to abolish student fees, um, a campaign which they did very well out of. It got them into coalition government, but they then failed to deliver on their promise uh, when the Conservatives raised the cost to £9,000.
0: This was seen as a big betrayal. Yes, it was
1: seen as a massive betrayal, as I'm sure many of you remember. All the way through this process... um, Students haven't had to pay the money up front. They haven't had to raise it for themselves. Uh, The government have offered them a student loan. Uh, The parameters of that loan have changed slightly uh, a few times, but nothing too drastic. Essentially, the government gives you the money. You then owe the government and you do pay interest on it. You didn't used to, but I believe you do now. That
0: was the most recent change that the Tories brought in.
1: Yes, that was um, a move that, that caused a quite a bit of controversy. Um...
0: Yeah, and then the most recent change was upping it to uh, £9,250, which would be able to be increased with the rate of inflation, plus you'd pay interest on your loan, uh, basically making them uh, more expensive than they've ever been in British history. Jeremy Corbyn, during the election campaign made the big promise of removing the cost of university. Uh, If you applied to university, you would no longer have to pay the nine plus grand a year. He would reinstate the maintenance loan. If you were already in your first or second year of university when these changes happened, you wouldn't have to pay for any subsequent years. Mm -hmm. This was the promise. It made a quarter of the spending in the labour budget went on this and it was... You know, criticised by many, including myself, as largely being a grab for votes, uh, and many people say it's why so many young people turned out in the election. Jeremy Corbyn came under fire when he was accused by a Tory backbencher of U-turning on this. The minister said that Corbyn's position had been to eradicate student debt, and that Corbyn was failing to deliver on this in any of his promises. The Difficulty with that is the fact that at no point was Jeremy Corbyn's policy to eradicate existing student debt. Even if you were still in university and had one or two years, you would have to pay for that at the very least. But there was more weight added to the argument uh, when he said in his interview with the NME during the election that he was looking at ways to reduce the debt burden of people with existing debt. Um, so that is a statement on the issue. And I don't think mm. that it's a particularly binding or controversial one. Uh, John MacDonald said that eradicating student debt would be a goal or a best case scenario for the Labour Party. And on Sunday on the Andrew Marr show, Uh, had to defend his record on the issue sorry jeremy corbyn had to defend his record on the issue when he said that at no point had this ever been a promise now the thing is at no point here has jeremy corbyn ever changed his mind or changed tact on what's been said but the issue is did young people misinterpret what had been put to them.
1: Yeah, I think I think a key issue here is that Labour pretty much came out of the election smelling like roses.
0: Despite the fact they still lost, um,
1: but yeah. And this is... Yeah, despite the fact they still lost. Um, and this is one of the first times where that pleasant odour has been called into question, shall we say. It's the first time where they've come under fire that could very much affect their popularity especially given this idea that this issue was one that young voters voted on
0: the so the problem is obviously jeremy Corbyn can't really be held accountable for the changes or the opinion that young people might have misunderstood and to some extent it's a little bit patronizing to think that they might have misunderstood when they voted for him um, his policy is still by far in away the kindest to students. It's interesting that the liberal Democrats have changed their position from when they were in coalition now saying that it's unfeasible and not the right time for the change. And so, I mean, Jeremy Corbyn is still the prominent favorite on the issue. What's your personal opinion yeah. about student? The first, the issue of the cost of going to university, uh, and to what extent people should be responsible for paying for it. And Jeremy Corbyn's position on eradicating student debt, how do you feel about the idea of removing it? And do you think that Jeremy Corbyn is wrong not to?
1: My personal opinion on tuition fees is that I don't mind them. I'm not against them. Okay. I don't see why the taxpayer should pay for a cert- for certain degrees, especially degrees which the country is not in need of.
0: So you're a UKIP voter, basically, Sean.
1: No, no, no. I just think that taxes should be used for the betterment of the country, obviously, and for the running of the country. And if the country does not... Need a profession does not need skilled individuals in an area. I don't see why the taxpayer should be expected to pay for people to get trained in that area. I'm not convinced that the taxpayer should pay for my degree necessarily. Yeah, and I mean
0: you have to admit that you are a anomaly amongst the middle class educated youth of today. Um, you supported uh, the Labour Party and Jeremy Corbyn's platform in the general election despite the very expensive promises that he'd made on the issue and a lot of young people want that education to be free your argument that it's not uh, necessary for society flies in the face of everything that the Labour Party stands for because socialism and the brand of politics that Jeremy Corbyn goes for is not about having government-run essential services. It's about having the government run the most generous, beneficial services. And to many people, it's difficult to argue that having fewer university graduates is a good thing even if their degrees aren't in STEM or aren't in the roles that they're going on to get jobs in, having a better educated uh, population uh, with the skills that university equips you with can only be a good thing. Yeah, no, I agree wholeheartedly. I
1: agree that education uh, can never be a bad thing. Um, Knowledge is is power, knowledge is good. However, I also recognise that... That being the case, it's also very expensive to pay for everyone to be educated uh, up to university level. Now, I know if tuition fees are free, not everybody goes to university. That's fine. Um, In fact, that's good. We need people to learn trades and such things as well. I just think that there are other things at the moment that require the money. I think the NHS requires more money and requires better management and I I think there are areas uh, which the taxpayer pays for that should be the focus um, rather than providing free university education.
0: How well do you think your opinion fits in with the rest of the population? Given that the issue of tuition fees is generally seemed uh, shown to apply to young people looking at education and the parents of young people looking at education, how do you think that the general populace feels about the issue of tuition fees? I
1: think the general populace feels that education can, is only a good thing and therefore should be free. Um, I don't think my opinion is... Common. I don't think my opinion is necessarily popular, especially not among young voters.
0: And yeah, I mean, just for evidence how well Jeremy Corbyn did in the selection, exactly. Compared to, I mean, you do have a very similar position to what UKIP have on the issue, and they did disastrously on this. Yeah. Although they weren't built on the brand no. that Jeremy Corbyn I has think built on.
1: The my opinion is not completely different from the common opinion. I agree that education is good and I agree that ideally education across all levels would be free because it can only improve society. The only difference between my opinion and the opinion of the masses, as it were, is that for me there is a step. And that step is paying for the degrees that the country needs and not for the degrees that it doesn't until we have enough money to pay for all of them
0: and so i'm going to assume i imagine fairly confidently that because you don't think that we can spare the expense of all future tuition becoming free the idea of writing off existing student debt is also not something you're in favor of
1: no i don't i I wouldn't really see the benefit in doing that i think the parameters of the loan which you get as a student are very very generous Um, and writing off the debts of people who have already got their degrees again does not necessarily benefit the country in fact quite the opposite Um, in economic terms at least
0: i suppose you make a very valid point there that writing off student debt existing student debt doesn't incentivize more people to go into work no. Um. I mean, I, I. Wouldn't know. Maybe there is some argument that, uh, if you sh- unshackle those people from their debt, they will be, more able to invest their money um, back into the economy. Potentially,
1: but... but the amount of money that is actually taken on a monthly basis, on a on a per salary basis,
0: is yes. But it's the mental. Uh, it's the psychological yeah, I, effect of the debt. Yeah, um, I
1: do. I, I do appreciate that, and I can fully understand that any sort of debt, regardless of how pleasant uh, it may be as debts go, is is going to have a psychological effect. Has, I I, I, I recognise that.
0: Has Jeremy Corbyn committed electoral suicide though this week with his commitment to, uh, or his lack of commitment to the issue? I don't think so i mean we're the only people talking about it so i'm gonna assume that it's not that biggest thing
1: i think there will be some young voters who maybe their vote for labor at this point because they thought maybe it was he was going to usher in no tuition fees and everyone could go to university for free but he never actually said that and i think as you said earlier the notion that Young voters must have misunderstood him is just patronising. I think a lot of young voters are fully aware of his position and this should come as no surprise to them.
0: Yeah, and I think that anybody who maybe feels slightly betrayed uh, and leaves the Jeremy Corbyn camp will rejoin when it comes election time again because Jeremy Corbyn is their best bet.
1: Yeah, and I think uh, this whole... One of the reasons that no one is talking about this is that this story has broken when there are other things in the news. Are there? the, um, the Like what? Well, the BBC... The tennis? <laughs> the BBC wage gap has is taking up most of the headlines at the moment.
0: It's nothing like the big news that we've seen recently. I've seen countless headlines about the five-year-old girl who got fined 150 pounds for running a lemonade store and so if you're telling me that that's big (laughs) news compared to this jeremy corbyn thing i'm gonna say that it's just because people don't find it that interesting i reckon there are a lot of journalists who see this as a kind of write-off story because it's so obvious that he isn't in the wrong here or isn't backtracking um You know, if you want to talk about U-turns, Jeremy Corbyn's not the man to look to. The only other thing I would say is that some of the right-wing press have tried to hammer him a little bit um, because he said that during the election, uh, the manifesto didn't have any policies on eradicating existing student debt because they didn't have the time, money, or information to do the research on how much it would cost given that it was a snap election. Um, He said this on Andrew Marr today. Some of the right-wing press is trying to hammer Corbyn uh, for the fact that he admitted that he didn't know something (laughs) uh, and therefore didn't try to make policy on it. Right. So the headline, Corbyn admits he had no idea of student debt policy cost, which is true. He did say that. That's why he didn't make the policy. This is a reaction
1: to the novelty of a politician saying the words, I don't know.
0: The fact that he's willing to say, no, that wasn't our policy. We're still looking into it. We don't yet know. is interesting. It's different. I like it. Yep.
1: Thank you for listening to The Political Abyss. If you want to keep up with what we're doing and be the first to see when we release new episodes, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, SoundCloud, or iTunes. If you have questions about any of the topics discussed, or just want to get in touch, email us at thepoliticalabyss at gmail.com, or contact us on social media. We hope you enjoy this episode of the podcast, and we look forward to bringing you more of the same, as well as some new projects we have in the works. Now, back to the episode. So this week, the BBC announced the wages of its highest earners, uh, as it is wont to do. And a bit of a storm has kicked up about the fact that the gender pay gap is very, very present. Um, and people are obviously putting forward that for, for an institution like the BBC, this they expect better. Um, so to give you a rough idea, uh, the highest paid male staff member is Chris Evans. Uh, With between 2.2 and 2.5 million pounds a year. By contrast, the highest paid female celebrity is Claudia Winkleman, um, who earned last year between 450,000 and 500,000. That's less than a quarter of what Chris Evans
0: has earned. The poor woman only being paid. (laughs) A quarter of a million pounds. Yeah,
1: well, now, while it might be difficult for some people to feel sympathy for people who are still earning vast quantities of money, it doesn't detract from the fact that the the gap between male and female pay is huge. Regardless of what you think about the quantities that they are all being paid, the gap is a problem.
0: The BBC generally can pay somebody less than another institution because it is a national treasure, a cornerstone of British culture. Uh, hundreds of shows and radio shows and TV shows um, are released every year by the BBC that are considered to be uh, important culturally. So people want to be part of that to a large extent. Um so they so they can pay less than other places but they still have to pay a semi competitive wage yeah hence why they get or why they can pay somebody uh, 2 million pounds that's 2 million pounds worth of taxpayer money going to pay a guy who knows a bit about cars and talks on the radio which i mean i find slightly controversial but chris evans whilst I'm not necessarily a fan of the guy, uh, he his radio show is very popular. He's very important. I think that it, there's an interesting to, discussion to be had about how much uh, the BBC should spend on radio, how much it should spend on TV, and how much it should spend on paying people. Yeah. But regardless, this gender uh, story is the big thing that's come out of yeah. the Yeah, and
1: just a, a couple more numbers. Um, two-thirds... Of the salaries revealed on this list that were above £150,000 were male. No female stars are paid more than half a million pounds a year. There are a number of male stars who are paid above that. So a group of female media personalities have today called for that wage gap to be closed. More than 40 signatories of a letter... That's been sent to the BBC um, are calling for this wage gap to be closed and for us to usher in an age of equality. Now, the thing is, is this comes on the back of a big story a few days ago that the new doctor who will be female is going to be paid the same that we discussed last week is going to be paid the same as the last doctor who was male.
0: I imagine, if anything, her wage will only increase. Uh, even despite this story, just because I imagine the viewing figures that Doctor Who gets might increase accordingly.
1: But it's a very interesting timing um, because it was a big story that these two actors were going to be paid the same despite being different genders, and a lot of people commented at that point, why is this a big story, this is how things should be, and then this media storm followed in its wake.
0: And we both said last week that the BBC will do very well um, with the female doctor. It will grow a lot of support, a lot of goodwill yes. towards the BBC. Do you think that if the BBC announced a uh, some kind of gender equality pay policy uh, as a publicly owned body, do you think this would... Do well. I appreciate it's less direct than casting somebody in the lead role of a popular show. That's something that obviously um, we get to bear the fruits of, we get to experience directly a payoff from casting. Uh, this person in the role whereas with this we don't necessarily get the same thing but do you think that uh the bbc would do well out of an equality policy
1: i don't think it would do better if it brought in an an equality policy but i think it would do worse if it didn't okay Uh, i don't think more people are going to start consuming bbc media if they release an equality uh portfolio should we say i do however think uh, or manifesto even. I do, however, think that people may choose to stop consuming as much or at all BBC content if they refuse to make any changes. However, there is another article here that says that male presenters could be asked to take pay cuts. A couple have already agreed to do so.
0: What I mean, um, as I made the snide comment at the start about the person getting paid a quarter of a million pounds the guy being paid two million pounds i'd be in favor of him getting a pay cut but
1: yeah um and the corporation being bbc has pledged to achieve equality between men and women on air by 2020 so that gives them a couple of years it's not too far away at all
0: so what does equality look like um in the bbc because obviously, if you have an entertainment, there are no two people working within the BBC, kind of publicly, facing the cameras, who are necessarily doing the same job. Yeah. Um, You know, you could be two radio presenters on the same radio station, both uh, broadcasting at peak times of day for the same length of time but you'll be doing a very different job to a very different audience. Some BBC presenters would be easily described as personalities. Your unique slant on the role probably makes more impact if you're a game show presenter than you are if you're a news presenter, because the job is different and you are needed to be you're a special talent more in that scenario so how do you enforce some kind of gender equality do you go with something like in the top third of people getting paid we need to have a 40 60 50 50 relationship as in in the top third half of the people being paid in the top third must be women do you go for within the BBC the sum of all men getting paid must be equal to the sum of all women getting paid and then how do you deal with the number of people it's a a complicated question
1: it is and I don't
0: know how you solve that but I think that it's fairly obvious that it can work better than it currently does
1: Yeah, I think um, the idea of how to get perfect equality is a matter that has been debated hotly by all sorts of people when discussing wage inequality and indeed quotas as to how many male or female members of staff there are in companies. I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what to advise the BBC to do to gain perfect equality. All I would say is that they have to start making... Moves which they have done, asking male members to take cuts is a good start. Obviously, r- giving female uh, personalities a pay rise would work as well. It's probably in their best interest to bring the top people down and bring the bottom people up um, to save money, but how they choose to do it is up to them. The most difficult thing for them is not necessarily going to be getting equality. It's going to be justifying why they haven't done it sooner, justifying why people like Chris Evans get as much as they do, and then finding a fair wage to pay everybody.
0: Obviously, I look forward to the BBC implementing some kind of wage equality within the next few years. I think that's only a positive change. I don't see how it's going to happen. I don't know to what extent... Uh, It will be required for people to be happy with the change. Um, But, yeah, I look forward to seeing what they do. Certainly. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Political Abyss. Uh, If you want to see more, like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, follow us on SoundCloud. We are on iTunes. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you. Goodbye.